Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, uh, brought to you as always by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707Walnut, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with the best one, two, three clapper in the universe. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hey, buddy. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that could have been... Uh... Oh yeah, that was so annoying. Done. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was the most most annoying behind the scenes stuff we've ever done. All in the service of better audio for you guys. Yeah, I mean we've been it's it's only taken us three years to get to a place where we're where we're almost comfortable with the audio. Almost, yeah. But I mean, the, how many how many like professional podcasts like don't do it in the same room? You know, most people I feel like try to do it in the same room. Well, and you know what's funny? I was listening. There's one on the Channel 33 podcast feed that I listened to called um, Keeping It 1600. It's a political podcast. And and they were having – the one guy, Dan Pfeiffer, is on Skype, and he was like going out every once in a while. You just wouldn't hear That's a couple of words good. of him. That's got to feel good. Yeah, and I was like, here is one that is on a giant podcast network that tons and tons of people listen to, and they have the same screw-ups that we have, so it really doesn't matter that much. All right, the podcast, as always, is on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Thank you for your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Two new reviews, Mike, I'd like to read you. One one very normal, but one very anti-me. So first one... First one, five stars, great pod, guys. Second one, five stars, top-notch podcast. Look forward to listening every week. Mike Levin really knows his stuff and has great insight and hot takes. Spike kind of talks too much. The guy guy refuses to watch college basketball and doesn't bring much to the table. Not sure if he doesn't watch enough basketball or what. He said he'd take Nerlens over Drummond. Levin carries the podcast. Regardless, oh. regardless, it's definitely worth surprise, su- subscribing. And here's a final one small Yeah, that was me. Sh- that was me, by the way. Uh, and final at the end. Oh, was it? Really? Yeah, I wrote it all. Oh, is that why it says, no, I wish it ran no. a little longer at no, times? No, 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 okay. no. It's not me. It's not me. It's a joke. <laughs> the final was a subtweet of me. I don't even know why he found it necessary that he wish it ran longer. That's after so I good. said, the, Yeah. You, all you, right. You talk too much, but I wish it was longer. Yeah. I t- it, five stars. The, the guy who talks too much is, is, is most of the podcast. That's also, good. I hate him. He doesn't know anything <laughs> about basketball. Five stars. So thank you for your ratings and reviews. The... So you can no longer – so the lottery party is now dangerously close. What is it, 10 or 11 days away? Yeah. It, May 17th, 6 to 10 at Xfinity Live. Tons of giveaways from L.L. Pavorsky, including a $100 gift card to the first 250 that go up to his table. You can get free parking because there is a Phillies game that night, so you will need the ticket for free parking. Just get that at rightsrickysanchez.com or xfinitylive.com. The T-shirts – you can still buy for party pickup, but if you wanted them delivered to you in time for the party, that deadline has passed. You Now, if you're not going to the party, I, f- I heard from somebody from Fargo this week who ordered one. If you're not going to the party and you want to order the T-shirt for delivery, you can still do that, but there is no longer a guarantee that it will be there for the party. If you want it guaranteed for the party, you have to do it for party pickup and just go to cheesesteaktees.com and go to the rights to Ricky Sanchez section, right? Yeah, that's all. So we look forward to seeing you at the all party. The I can't, I can't believe that the party is actually coming and real. It definitely seems like it is going to be massive, and we have created something that people 
like just go to this year. It's our own wing bowl, Mike, pretty much. Oh, my so. <laughs> It's our own wing bowl. And we had it at Buffalo Wild Wings last year. Yes. Buffalo yes, Wings. we did. We did. But it, Buffalo Wild Wings could not handle it. It wasn't. Couldn't handle it. It was, it was too big for Buffalo Wild Wings. So we look forward to seeing you there. What's, so, the, what's the percentage of like charity money that's going to places for this one? So there's no uh, – we're not doing a percentage with, it, with Xfinity Live. They are giving a – a, uh, a standard donation that is going to Rain and Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley. Great. So they, they're giving a nice big donation. It'll be more money than we raised last year. I just wanted to make sure that it was more than last year. Mm-hmm. And then Lee does his normal donations uh, every month. And also, when you buy a T-shirt from cheesesteaktees.com, now this only goes for the $22 full-price ones, but uh, 10% of that goes to split between Rain and... Um, and uh, Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley. So that number will end up being pretty big because the the hinky t-shirts are the full price ones and all the old t-shirts, and that goes in perpetuity, all the older t-shirts that you can purchase from them, a, uh, a nice little chunk goes to our charities as well. So at the end of the year, we will we'll have raised, I, I'll come up with a total at the end of the year, but we will have raised a nice good bit of money for both charities, and that feels good. That does feel good. Not bad for a couple of strapezoids, you know. <laughs> so, so what on the show, mean? what's that? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. God bless him. Do you know the uh, guy, Tony? Let's, let's, start, let's start with that. No, I. Well, hold on. Let me go. Let me go. Let me just say everything we're gonna do All today, right. and then we can briefly touch on that. The. Well, we got to talk about the two guys that the Sixers hired, a guy named Ned that you can't find anything on the internet about. Perfect. And and Mark Eversley. We will talk about the Mike D'Antoni to Houston and Mike D'Antoni to Indiana rumors and what they may mean for Brett Brown or mm-hmm. nothing for Brett Brown. We will talk about we, – we have there's a bunch of Twitter questions we have. Uh, I, I asked for those, and there are a bunch of them, some funny, some serious, so we'll make sure we take a time for those. We'll, of course, have a jigsaw, and I'm, I'm missing anything. I'll probably yell some things over yeah, the, the podcast. Michael yeah, Michael, yell some things. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with Tony at WIP for almost a year, and Tony, I wouldn't say worked for me. I worked with Tony, and then Tony retired about uh, eight or nine months into his run with WIP. Always got along with Tony. Don't really – like I, I don't even really want to talk about it. He He always sort of – we would argue about like that thing a lot Uh the hinky thing a lot and he didn't doesn't agree and i don't um and i don't agree with him and i don't really i I, there's a million people that i don't agree with about that including my own father uh and and we're still you know so i mean you know sometimes but here's the the thing spike okay but i don't let let me i know but you don't but people say shit about us and you feel like you got to take the high road I think we just got to take the same road as everybody no, else. No, no, no. Here, I'm being honest with you. Well, first of all, I don't have any problem with with Tony saying what he said. I don't. I don't really. No, of care. course not. I but mean, you can say shit back. Well, no, no. Here's the deal. I, I don't know that you understand what my job is. I don't. And what, I don't. I don't. Right. I so right. Don't. Yeah, and 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 you don't understand what my job is, and that job's place within the the media and sports landscape within Philadelphia. 
and I'm not I'm not trying to make my job seem more important than it is, but as program director of WIP, I am not getting into war of words with with I I walk the line very very much with the Sixers stuff anyway. Like you'll notice I don't really have opinions about the other teams publicly ever. So the Sixers are the only team I have public opinions about and and Tony is a guy who I worked with and I don't I don't have any opinion about what he said other than he is completely welcome to have that opinion and I think nothing less about him because of having that opinion. So you've, that is no, you've no comment about the way in which he masturbates at all. Uh, no, I I think I think and here's another difference is that I have there is a certain amount of showbiz to everything in sports media, not everything, but some things in sports media and you know, I, I guess I would say, not to his defense at all, but we've certainly been, I would say, absurd sometimes on purpose about, like, trust the process is absurd, and the, the hinky billboard is absurd in a way, you know, and the, you know, obama his picture is absurd. It's all absurd, and I think to a yeah. certain extent, we ask for it. We, we... I, and maybe it's because they did it to us first and we've just pushed back and this is the natural response. But I think – and I don't ever fight with Tony. I haven't talked to Tony in months and months and months. But I would imagine – you've seen how our people get when you when you disagree with them. Yeah. They get, they get crazy and they attack. And I'm sure he has had this opinion and he has been attacked by the people that believe in what we believe in and, and listen to the podcast. And I'm sure it's annoying to him. So so he lashed out. I don't it just doesn't seem like anything to me. I don't mind people uh, if he wants to take that tact and people want to attack him for it. I don't care about that either. I mean, none of it is all that serious to me anyway, but I don't I don't I can't get I don't well, we want can, to he, we can get we can get into just what he says without making it into a war of words or anything. He well, said you can. Well, okay, you fine. Can. He yeah, said yeah. the line is uh here we go. I'll do the whole thing. And then these strappers. Well, hold still... on. Let, let me let me just say one thing, one other what? thing. What? Sometimes sometimes so the the crappy thing about the internet sometimes is you say something that words that come out of your mouth and then when they become transcribed, so your words always look different sure. than they sound. That's Not always, true. but a lot of times look different than they sound. That's fine. So he could have gone on a rant like I've gone on a rant before, and then all of a sudden it becomes transcribed, and you look at it, and it seems a lot more absurd than when you say it. I get but that. go ahead. I get yeah. that. Okay, so these guys are lunatics. They are disturbed, and then they get a billboard. They pay their own money to get a billboard to thank Sam Hinkie for 19, 18, and 10 wins. And you wonder why this city is a national joke when it comes to sports. It's because of idiots who sit around and have their little boy toy meetings, sit around in circle jerks. What a bunch of losers. Well, oh, so here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about that. It's, it's simply wrong. That it's not, regardless of whether we jerk each other off in circles, it's wrong that this is why the city's a national joke. That's what I would I, – the only thing I would say is that I don't think people associate us with Philadelphia no, at all. No, Like we are – The antithesis, are, in fact, yes. of Philadelphia. Yeah, we are – if you were to take the oftentimes incorrect stereotype of what Philadelphia fans are, we are the, the absurd opposite of that. Yeah. The, Take the opposite to its logical extreme and absurdity. We are thanking – 
here is a, a city who is so obsessed with with winning a championship that they look uh, disfavorably upon Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid, who are very successful. Mm-hmm. And here we are praising someone who who engineered a team that was legendarily bad. That is the opposite. We are so we were so supportive and you know and not negative that I think we are the opposite. So yes, I would agree that that is. Now you could argue that we look silly nationally, and that that is a a silly mark, and maybe it looks bad, but it is certainly not the reason that Philadelphia has its reputation. I would say no. I would agree with you. Yeah. It's and here's the here's the other thing. Wait, there's more. I think. Um, don't give me. Oh, you're one of those old school guys. Yeah, I am, and I know more than you because I'm an old school guy. You're a twenty something punk who doesn't know anything. So if you're a 20-something punk who now thinks because you're studying analytics and you sit at home and masturbate to stats every night and you're talking about how these Golden State Warriors, you're a front runner. But the world of sports has changed where you're worrying about salaries instead of watching the game and enjoying it. That's what's happening in sports. So I don't know how he got to we're masturbating, we're idiots because this guy lost so many games. But also we're front runners, so I don't really know where, what the thesis is outside of like he's upset because the Sixers did something that he doesn't understand, and he is uncomfortable with the way that he touches himself and wants to talk about how we do it. Well, it's also possible that he understands it and just doesn't like it, which is fine. And also, he, I think there is, I, and we can be annoying, and our listeners can be annoying. Yes, and that's that. All of that stuff is is true. But why should and, like why should idiots like him have a monopoly on annoying? Oh no, I I, I don't think Tony's an idiot, and I don't think he has a, a monopoly on annoying. I I we I I would say we are the the most annoying group of people out there. So I don't agree with that. At all. <laughs> I don't agree with that us. at all. <laughs> well, there's. The the group think is, I don't know that there has been. But an we're example. still like such a minority in the sense of like Philadelphia sports. So I had I had a meeting, the other and that day. was and that was part of his 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 um, his thesis though is that we are a very small minority. He yeah. said a couple hundred. So he was a lot of what he said. And and here's it's the more truth. than a couple when, hundred, by the way. Yes, more than a couple hundred. But I would say that the only statistic I regularly masturbate to is um, rebound rate because I think it's probably the most underused statistic. And it's pretty sexy. Yeah, and offensive efficiency – like any time that a general media member uses offensive efficiency rather than points per game, I think that is really something sexy. So I, I can't, I can't, I can't stop myself. Yeah, I get that. Oftentimes, I had a meeting where I see these people. There's a lot of people from Philadelphia and LA because people, for whatever reason, Philadelphia breeds a decent comedy uh, group of people. And so I had a meeting with a couple guys, and anytime someone says they're from Philadelphia in a meeting, I have to. Be like, um, you know, are you? Do you read any sports blogs? Like, I have to do that question, and it's yeah. such a weird. Like, everyone's always so caught off guard. But I had a meeting with a guy who uh, works at CBS and listens to the podcast. And oh, how about was that? like, wait, it was like you're the same guy. <laughs> and it was, it was a very, it was a very strange meeting, but it was good. It was just then I had then the next day I met with a a writer 
who was like, well, finally they're going to win some games because we got the, a better guy in there now. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, shit. And so you don't want to get like combative in a, like a business meeting, but it ends up coming out that way because I'm not like going to just stand down and be like, yeah, well, you know, that's how it goes. Like I can't, I can't actually like sink my teeth into the argument. Yeah, well, because it takes too long. It takes way you, too long. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I'm I'm so glad. I'll tell you the one positive thing that has happened about Hinky stepping down is I'm I, I just. I don't want to have that fight anymore. Yeah. I think that's why – that's one of the things why the, the Tony thing sort of – for a lot of reasons, it didn't affect me. And no, part of that reason is – It doesn't is affect it, me. I don't care. I just – if someone's going to call us out, I'm not just going to not say something. Come on. Yeah, I, I think the – you know, I – yeah, whatever. I, I'm just sick of having that discussion anymore. I just it, – it got to a point – I'm not saying it's the same as abortion or the death penalty, but – no one's mind has ever changed. Nobody ever but wants to ha- hear the other side. So I don't I'm know just... that I disagree. I don't know that I agree with that because I think that if you actually sit someone down and make them look at the team that they were before and the team that they are now and say, "Hey, you just didn't have to pay attention for three years and it's fine," you can look at and see like, "Oh, they have so much more. It must have been a good idea in some way." I think that I they have to be able to see that. I don't know. I think. I, I don't know. I, I, I think the reality is I was thinking about this the other day. I can't think of any argument that I've had in the last five years about sports or anything else where the other person at the end of it said, oh, you know what? You're right. Never. I, I That that never – I think people actively search out disagreement just to talk about the side that they agree with. They, yeah, I think you're more likely to, ca- to to find people in the middle that are like, I don't know, and then be like, well, what about this thing? Okay, I guess. Like that's Right, 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 right. Yeah. No one so ever we... like thanked me and shook my hand after a Sixers argument and be like, you've <laughs> changed my mind. I got it. I wow. feel so better. Wow. I'll never call him scam again. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sixers hired – Brian Colangelo hired two guys. One guy – who everyone knew he was going to hire, and that's Mark Eversley, right? Everyone sort of assumed that. He worked with him in Toronto, and I think Woj had been hinting at that for a while or outright saying it. The other one was the curveball, the Ned Cohen curveball, and the just the most ungoogleable guy maybe in sports history. Yeah. I mean, you Google him, and all other Ned Cohens come up. The guy's got a Twitter account, only has like, Eight followers. It's protected. It's got an egg avatar, and you can. There is his opinions are nowhere. I'm almost jealous of. I was thinking once at some point in in our future, you're going to be. If you don't have a digital footprint, if there's no pictures of you on Facebook, there that you will be like a king. You know what? Like you know what I mean? Like there's so much. There's so much information about everybody. So this guy in my mind is sort of a. I almost felt like Brian Colangelo by hiring a guy who was named Ned that that Zach Lowe called brilliant that you can't find out any information about on the internet. He was almost making a pass at us or something. <laughs> making a pass. <laughs> I, you know? It's great, yeah. Well, it was baked. So, I, I, so he hired Mark Eversley, which was rumored uh, for like a week or two, who came from – the the Wizards most recently, and then before that was with Colangelo in Toronto. 
Also worked for Nike. Also worked for Nike as a a player. What's the word I'm looking for? A go between between Nike and the and then and players. I didn't know that. Worked, Interesting. Yes, yes, he worked for Nike as well. Um, so I was I was already with some hot take tweets being like the one thing that we missed about Sam Hankey's the one the one flaw in Sam Hankey's plan was not hiring enough of his buddies uh, because Eversley and Colangelo are very good friends. So I was ready to just start cutting that down. Um, but then he comes then moments later. Ned Cohen, who, by all accounts, is this mystery man of secret success that nobody knows anything about, and people are excited about him. There was rumors, is like there was rumors that he was going to be the GM, or he basically is the GM, but then that's not the case, correct? Well, I get the sense that, given what I've read, that his skill set is. Even if he's called the GM, he will be a GM in terms of it doesn't sound like he, he at all is a player evaluation guy. Almost the way that people imagined how Joe Banner should have been GM here, what he was good at. You know, he was really good at contracts. He was really good at knowing the rules. Like one of the things that I think you get from somebody who worked at the league office in the capacity he did uh-huh. is that he really understands. He probably has a... A, a scary knowledge of the CBA. He probably has a great knowledge of league rules, and they people see him as a as a perhaps GM in the future at some point. So I think whether he's called GM or not, or or director of player personnel or whatever whatever he ends up being called, I I get the sense that his position will not be I like this player over this player. His position will be more what they would have maybe imagined Hinky as if he had stayed. You know what I mean? A, a. I still don't a, buy that they imagined Hinky was going to stay. There's no, there's no way that they thought that he was going to stay. No, I don't know. Way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I, I don't think they thought it was impossible. Let's put it that way. Oh, then they're dumber than, than they Whatever. make themselves out to be. I th- and and just to 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 double back on the Eversley thing, I don't think that there is. Look, there's a difference between, and I'm not saying this is one or the other. I'm just saying there's a difference between hiring your friends because you like them and hiring people you've worked in the past with because you think they're good at their job. So right, but even I, with two, you know, unsuccessful teams. So well, it's not like right. he's had like tremendous success. I, I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying he's a bad yeah. guy. I'm just predisposed to think he's not a good guy because of my feelings towards the organization right now. Right, 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 right. I, but all I wanted, I just want to hedge that. And and as I told you early in the week, I, I had a very my reaction to the hiring of these two guys was pretty numb. I, I, I did a very quick Google search about both of them, read some stuff about both of them, and then forgot about it. I'm t- in my head, it doesn't. All that matters to me is Brian Colangelo and the decisions, because ultimately he is making these decisions. Well, is, is, it, what, is it Brian or is it Jerry? It's Brian. I think it's Brian. I, I honestly think if it was Jerry that, that, that Brett Brown wouldn't be the coach right now. And I think that, that he is the one who, when, you're, when, you're, when, you, when we heard that, you know, that Jerry, that, that Brett Brown might not be the coach in 50-50, and I think that originates from Jerry. Absolutely. And I think... I think Brian is the one. Now, maybe at some point there will be a hard disagreement and we'll get to see 
who is really holding all the cards. But I think Brian is ultimately making all of these decisions and these hires. And I think, you know, it makes it, it's only blurry on who's making what decision if we choose to make it blurry. And, and, and it's not blurry anywhere else. And everywhere else, they have other people working in the organization that are doing scouting. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, only blurry because we're making it up i'd say it's blurry because we come from we just came from a place where jerry is like sneakily doing shit as like a conniving son of a bitch yes but that was before brian was there that that, that's fair i just i'm i'm saying that if you're gonna make the guy if the guy is president of basketball operations and you publicly you know take jerry down a notch and we're not seeing interviews with jerry anywhere anymore either and all of a sudden these uh, the league source articles are disappearing. You know, I, I'm not I'm not reading very many of them. Yeah, it's all it's also so. like over. You know, the season's over. Yeah, it's sort of gone. Sure, I I think uh, I'm to me this is all on Brian. All of this is on Brian and who he chooses to help make him help him make those decisions. That, that's fine. Every 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 decision maker in the NBA has people that they trust now. Sam was seemed like he maybe he was or he wasn't, but seemed like he made those decisions more autonomously. And Brian is at least being more open about the fact that what these guys are going to do and what he's going to lean on them for, especially Eversley, who is definitely going to be part of the, you know, draft evaluation process. And it seems like scouting is sort of his forte. Well, that's Ned also because Ned wasn't Ned very involved in like giving players who have declared early like a sense of where he hears they'll be drafted that's what that was part of what ned did for the league yeah yes so it seems like you know brian colangelo wasn't going into this season expecting to be making draft picks in my or at least not assuming he'd be making draft picks so i remember jake fisher tweeted that like you know it's, he's probably not as well versed in in the draft as a guy like Ned or even Eversley is. Well, you know, I I think he's probably figuring it out. I mean, I, I don't know how much he watched. I don't know how much he he probably didn't go to. He probably didn't get to, get out to see Dragon Bender much. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and there, you know, I'm sure. You know, it's funny. Is I'm sure Phil Jackson didn't get out to see Kristaps Porzingis <laughs> much, yeah. and somehow wound up with him. That's and true. That is what it is. And understanding if if you know. Part of being a good manager is understanding what your weaknesses are. And if, you know, if Brian Colangelo goes into this saying, you know, I didn't get the Nets job. I really wasn't expecting to get a job at this point. I, I need I need help and I need people to lean on. You know, it's funny. We can go back to, you know, what's his name? Hinky was in a situation in Houston. You forget Hinky. Where, well, I, I – yes, for a second. That's weird. He, he, Hinky was in a situation in Houston where – where we got to pick and choose, or anyone got to pick and choose what he was responsible for and what he wasn't responsible for. Oh yeah, you know? yes. So, it's so my, we it's can the best do, thing. It's the best thing we yes. could do. Yes, and it was also for the people who thought he sucked. It was the best thing for them too. You know, Every, everybody go, was happy about the whole. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You could look at Houston and say, well, he wasn't the GM. So, and it's the so so we you can sort of do the same for Eversley too. You could say, look, you know the. 
the Wizards aren't successful and the Raptors weren't successful. And I could also say, and I don't know when he was there with the Wizards, but, you know, Bradley Beal seems like a good draft pick. John Wall seems like a good draft pick. You know, I don't know what he, I don't know what he said. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was what, there for either of those draft picks. Okay. And I, I don't, again, I don't even know if his advice was taken. By his boss, yeah. you know who knows. So he's he's sort of in the same. I, I'm I'm not I'm not discouraged that Brian Colangelo would think he needs help in a certain way. I'm neither encouraged or discouraged by the hires, except that you know when Zach Lowe says the guy is smart, that's a good hire. That's how I decided. Basically, how I decided that Hinky was a good guy is what Bob Volgaris and 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 Zach Lowe had to say about Hinky. Everybody was like, this guy's brilliant. He's a good guy. So I was like, okay, I'm with it. Yeah. And uh, and I'll do the same with Ned Cohen. Yeah. I just every good I'm, Sixers move will be because of Ned Cohen, and every bad one will be because of the Colangelo Empire. Yes, yeah. Hire a nerd. His name is friggin' Ned, and his wife seems really happy to be coming to Philly. So wait, what's that? It, what, what did you hear about that? Oh, her Twitter. You you yeah. have his wife's Twitter? No, everyone has. Well, I, maybe not everyone, but yeah, his wife's Twitter is. What she what she what she tweet? Give what's her she, what's her handle? She tweeted that she was so proud of. Hold on, and everyone who who gets mad at me. I wanted to say, we got a couple of angry tweets about typing during the last podcast. So when, when we're interviewing somebody, because we're not in the same room, we'll oftentimes type to each other that you got the next one, I got the next one. There's literally no other way for us to talk to each other. So <laughs> stop complaining. So her Twitter is... Uh, her name is oh I, I feel so gross doing this. I just but, I just searched Ned Cohen wife and nothing came up. So her name is Lauren Stephan Cohen, and weird. her Twitter is Lauren Steph Stephan S T E P H A N, and she works for Twitter. Whoa. Yeah, and well, that's what her Twitter bio says: Twitter NYC employee, proud wife of of Ned Cohen, obsessed with hot sauce. I mean, I love this girl already. And she tweeted, uh, so Woj tweeted. Molly French the, is following her? Yeah, so Woj tweeted that Ned Cohen was hired. She said, proud wife, and retweeted it. She said, "So yes, so proud of him. Retweeted um, a Zach Lowe thing, and uh, she seems really excited. Okay, so, I'm going to dig deep on what, she, what, she's, what she's about. But then if you – God, this is so disgustingly creepy. So if you look at her – so and there's a picture of Ned in her profile picture. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some stuff. So she also tags Ned in a, a couple of pictures. Yeah. Ned Cohen 3. Right? He's an he egg. Had, He's such an yeah, egg. Egg. Only two followers. The guy's amazing. <laughs> Who follows him? You can't even see. Can't no. See. It's protected. That's so good. That's, yeah, I'm gonna, All I'm right. gonna, new, he, I'm gonna send him a follow request. He's, he's new Hinky. That's yeah. what I will say about Hinky is that I didn't see enough tweets from his wife. Yes, that, you know that's my one of my very few complaints. She works for Twitter. She works, How is she, she has to be aware of it. She has to be public. She's she's listening. She gets it. Yeah. She's gonna she's, she's a, gonna throw a lick face in her Twitter bio. It's gonna be great. Yeah, she can hang out with uh, Celeste Abdel Nabi, you know, as part of wife wife Ricky Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we are so I guess we are hopeful on the hires. I don't know. That, that's where I sit. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I wanted to say that I was, you know, it's tough to come to terms with 
this this whole month between when Hinky got ran out of town and then the lottery, for us it was like, you know, a transition period. Like when there was a time when me and my ex girlfriend had broken up, but we were still like living together. It's like that sort of time when you're like not sure of what's actually happening, and you're sort of just trying to like get past it. That's what this time is. Yeah. So eventually we're going to look back and be like, that was weird. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know where like, where to get changed. She could – everything. So I, I think this is the first move that it's like I have to come to terms with the fact that the Sixers might not are moving be – on. Are moving on might not be total villains anymore. Like we have yeah. to – whether it's a Stockholm Syndrome or what. It is, uh, you know, it's. I think it's. It's. This is the first one where it's like, all right, I guess they're gonna do stuff that we are gonna like. Sometimes. I. I yeah, and I think it's almost like you're getting to the point. God, this sounds. This is why Tony Bruno hates us. You. You get to the point where you can like something they did without it being sort of a betrayal of what we were thinking before. You know, it. it I was at a point where. Still, to a certain extent, if they do something right, I don't want to cheer for it because it feels like a betrayal of they betrayed me. So I don't want to compliment something that they did. I couldn't have a normal, you know, unbiased view on it. And this is the first part where, you know, you have to take a step back and like a guy named Ned who has an egg avatar and only two followers on Twitter. (laughs) His name is Ned. That's all I need. Yeah, that really does it for me. You're not a Game of Thrones fan, but it did help to me. No, well, now I am. It's funny. I've watched the first. Watched is a funny word. The first two episodes of this season because my wife watches it uh-huh. and we watch TV together on Sunday night. The first episode I watched. The second episode I decided. Well, at least I'm with her on the couch. I'll just go to sleep, and that's what I did. So because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you got it. It's time to talk about LL Pavorsky, yeah. the exclusive sponsor of the Rice of Ricky Sanchez podcast. Of course, 707 Walnut, com. He's on Twitter at LL Pavorsky. Phone number 215-627-2252. LL is uh, the not only official sponsor, the official jeweler of the Ricky, has fitted, has, you know, I, I think 10 now, 9 or 10 Right, so Ricky Sanchez listeners have gotten engaged with engagement rings from L.L. Pavorsky. A couple others have gotten wedding bands from L.L. Pavorsky. He's the guy that you want to go to because he is a low-pressure dude who know who is who is one of us and is you know he is a strapezoid. He is um, he masturbates to advanced statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, a uh, uh, box plus minus, a uh, real uh, adjusted plus minus. This guy is, you know, when he's not working at the store, he's thinking about those numbers and how Nerlens comes across very positively in all of those statistics. So he is the guy that if you if you want to buy an engagement ring for $1,000 or $100,000, he's the guy you want to go to. At the lottery party, as we mentioned at the top, first 250 guests that go and visit LL's table get gift bags with a $100 gift certificate in there and some uh, jewelry cleaner I think is going to be in the gift bag as well. He's also giving away the following prizes at the lottery party. you got to go to LL's table to register. A $250 gift card, a 36-inch pearl necklace worth over 500 bucks, one carat diamond stud earrings worth almost $1,600, and the grand prize, as you've seen on Twitter and on the website, a diamond 
uh, custom TTP ring yes. valued at over $2,500. There will only be one of them. We will give that away toward the end of the night. After the podcast? Uh, after the lottery? Yeah, well, maybe we'll do it, or maybe right before the lottery, because there's a bon- he has a bonus prize in case the Sixers win the lottery. Okay. So maybe we'll do it right before the lottery. Yeah, we should plan. We should plan like an like a, like it's a wedding. Like we have like a, a sequence of events that we know this will happen yeah. at this time, whatever. Yeah, this amazing. It's an amazing ring. He's uh he's an amazing guy. We love him to death. Just as a guy and as a uh, even if he wasn't a sponsor of the podcast, we'd love LL and a sponsor too. of the billboard. And a sponsor of the billboard, he's been to every lottery party, and he was part of a very small Spike Eskin Sixers party at a bar called Big Charlie's that only like 12 people were at um, in the middle of nowhere in South Philly. Him and Jake showed up years ago. So, And as the official jeweler of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast, LL makes donations for every podcast to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and Rain. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Strapazoids welcome. Circle Jerks Daily. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm Let's... I'm like so deep into Ned's wife's Twitter. I'm so funny. Uh, yeah. I'm so funny. Yeah, it's... She went to a it's... Sixers King Sixers Knicks game at the Garden and said, "Go Knicks." So. Oh no. It, it was well, a, but she... she's from New York. I, I guess she's from New York. Yeah. Uh, she's a. Uh, it was a preseason game. Also. This is horrible. You know I'm not. We can't do this anymore. We can't. There's a picture of Brett Brown on the court at Madison Square Garden. She says, go Knicks. So I don't know what that means. It's from October 2015. Ned's got well, to get his wife the, the, uh, the privacy. She's got, she's got to, she worked for Twitter. She's got to get egged. She's got to be an egg. No, I, I don't think she's allowed to if she works for Twitter. How could she not have an active Twitter account? Yeah. Lauren, Lauren, you're welcome as a Knicks. I was a Knicks fan too. You're, you're welcome as Actually, a Knicks so fan. Actually, so was I. So was I as a three-year-old, so. Yeah, so come on, let's be honest. You know, at least she is. At least she's a fan of a basketball team. They got married right? last August. Okay, all right, we're not doing this. <laughs> this isn't fun for you. So Mike, Mike D'Antoni. He seems like a was, nice man. I hope that he is. I hope. I hope that he does well, and I. We will. We. He's our new. He's our new hinky. I think. You know. Well. Well. Okay. Wait. Let's come on. He is. He is our guy. He. We are. In the front office, he's our guy so far. Yeah, I mean, not you know, not to the same. You can't just replace him with one guy, but he's the guy that we're gonna have to like. Oh my God! Wait behind. a minute, Mike. I just had an awesome idea. What do you got? When we inevitably do a Ned Cohen T-shirt, yeah. should it just have a Twitter egg on it? <laughs> sure. And it just says Ned. Sure. That's it. That just anybody, any, any right. anybody but the Colangelos. Um. Okay. So Mike D'Antoni. Uh, interviewed for the Rockets job and is a front runner or a candidate for the Pacers job. And also Frank Vo- Frank Vogel got fired, and also Dave Yeager, Dave, Dave Yeager this yeah. morning got fired. Lo- so a lot of action. So it race. is it is my belief that there is no possible way that. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before a million times, but I believe that Brian Colangelo's public support of Brett Brown saying he will be the coach next year makes it impossible for him to make Brett Brown. I I don't I think that the that he and the team are extremely PR conscious at the moment. I think them supporting Brett was a a public thing that he actually means and even if he doesn't even if he actually wants D'Antoni as a coach I believe he will let D'Antoni go 
to and keep Brett Brown. I don't I don't think that there is a a legitimate chance that there's not that Brett Brown is not the coach of the Sixers to begin next season. Well, let's just say that you know Mike D'Antoni had a lot of success and changed the NBA in a big way when he was in Phoenix. Yes. And then he went to was it New York first and then LA? Yeah, it was New York first. Yes. Was bad, had a bad few years well, there. Yeah, I mean, he had a good run. I mean, you know what's funny is that Carmelo sort of ruined that. When he had that awesome run with Jeremy Lin and Carmelo came back and sort of I think they were I think they were 42 and 40 that year yeah, or something. Which it, and then the worst. and then he got fired the next year. He was he wasn't horrible. He just wasn't good. Yeah. So, right? you know, yeah. isn't isn't the whole thing, the whole point of everything that we've wanted the Sixers to do is to not be 42 and 40 with like no place to go? Well, yeah, but he also, and I made this point, if you if you made me bet right now, if you said who was a better NBA coach of a good team, Mike D'Antoni or Brett Brown, I'm not saying to fire Brett Brown. I hope Brett Brown is here. I would bet on Mike D'Antoni. Well, sir, just because he's done it, it's an easier bet. Brett hasn't been given the opportunity to do anything. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. But if I if you're if you're saying if you, if you're stripping away all of the context and you're saying you can have one of these two guys coach your team and be good, I would take Mike D'Antoni. Look, here's, I think, here's the thing. Here, and you look at all these guys. Frank Vogel got fired. Dave Yeager got fired. Of playoff teams that, for a lot of especially for those two guys, took their teams much higher than they should have been. Uh, Vogel last year, like they almost made the playoffs without Paul George, and. Uh, Jaeger doesn't have any. There was no players on the team at this point. He was starting Briante Weber. Like, there's no that Grizzlies team had no business being anywhere, and like, the strength of the coaching got them there. So, in in my head, there's like five very good NBA coaches. Everybody else is fine. Yes. No one. We we saw with Doug Collins that a that a you know a gritty coach can just muster his team to be a couple wins better than everybody else. So if we live in a world where you can get a fine coach anytime, D'Antoni is a fine coach. Maybe in 2007 he was innovative, but he's not anymore because the league caught up with what he was doing and he had he failed in two organizations to be special, at least. So well, we well, 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 well. Uh, and I don't want this to put me as pro D'Antoni, but I will say that the Los Angeles situation was probably impossible. You know, there's no with they they go and they get Steve Nash, who who could not play anymore, which not his decision. They signed Dwight Howard, who had who who at probably after five minutes of being in the same room with Kobe Bryant had no desire. Uh, they traded for Dwight Howard, who had no desire to be there, and had an end of the line Kobe, who still who didn't think he was end of the line Kobe anymore, and had a team in New York, which if they had any chance was submarined by a superstar who did not want anyone else to share the spotlight with. But him that's the, the thing. Team. That's two scenarios that are certainly difficult, but all NBA teams are difficult in some respect. And Brett Brown had a very difficult NBA team that he kept together for three years. So why not give Brett a chance to see if he's an actual coach for longer than and have some some measure of uh, when you talk about winning culture, you talk about like a coach who is there for a long time and establishing like a respect level and and a style of play. And just like everybody's there's not as much turmoil, which there has been for the Sixers in the front office lately. And 
and you know that you can identify to the Kings or to Brooklyn or to any places where there's just like coaches are getting fired, people are getting thrown under the bus, whatever. If just all almost every coach is a fine coach. The there's no coach that's going to be like, well, you're a, we're going to take this bad team and make them into a championship contender. The the level of variance. Basically, all I want a coach to do until the players are locked in. You know, you can have quibbles with like who coaches the Thunder because they have superstar players and should be able to win championships and the coach can make a difference there. But the Sixers don't have that. All I'm asking is for them is to give the young guys time and not have the locker room fall apart. And Brett for three years has been tremendous, has done his job to a, like a perfect tee. I wouldn't change aside from the Okafor thing, which how much can you affect that? But like, Nobody was getting into public fights. There wasn't any, like, pouting, really, even. Like, everybody's happy. Everybody loves Brett. I would not just, you know, Dave Yeager's probably a better coach than Brett, but Dave Yeager's not going to get the Sixers to win a championship unless the players are there. So, it, you know, team building, roster management matters so much more than the coach on the court. For me, I'd just rather the coach be, like, a good dude that people like and want to play for. I I agree with everything. We're not disagreeing I know, at all. I know, except, I know, I know. Ex- yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with any of that. I, I I also think that you know I think Frank Vogel Frank Vogel is probably a good coach, but I don't know that he's not a less annoying. To your point, Doug Collins, that you know gets if you can get guys to play defense, they can. If you can, you do that. Then it just seems like there's more guys in the NBA. You know, you say they figured out, D'Antoni. It just seems like there's more guys in the NBA that can get their teams to play gritty defense and become a seventh or an eighth seed yeah. than guys that can uh, design an offense to score a ton of points. And if you were, you know, if I were to choose one or the other, I would choose the guy who can get the team to score a ton of points. Yeah. I want Brett Brown to be coach. I am, I am as certain as I could be that Brett Brown will be coach. I, I don't think he's not going I don't know that it guarantees that he will last the season you know I, I don't know if they start off at I don't know that his leash is particularly long but I think that they and we could argue at some point whether it's worth it if he starts off poorly whether his leash should be that long uh, I think there's also a, a you know a, a conversation to be had though I don't necessarily agree or disagree you know Larry Bird pretty much said this week that an NBA coach if, if you're not I think his the gist of it was if you're not one of the greats, you know, a Popovich or a Carlisle, that your run as an NBA coach lasts a few years and then you don't, like, you're not as effective anymore in that place. Sure, and I think but that's possible. I, that doesn't make any sense for the Sixers because they've had so many different people there and there's not a, it's, I think Larry Bird is just an old guy who says stuff and assumes it to be true because he's had success as a player. So I don't believe him in any respect in that regard. But, I don't know. For me, it's like the Sixers have been bad. We don't know if Brett can do can coach at all. We know that people like Brett, and the fact that the team stayed together for three very tumultuous years. I I just wanted to establish. I mean, when you talk about a culture, you talk about like a coach staying for longer. And if you're just getting fire happy with the coach, then it's just it's not gonna nothing's gonna come of it. It, I, I agree. I, I don't, but I don't think I also don't think they're going to fire him. So I we, if, we should... if they do, I mean, it'd just be you know people will say like this, the same people that don't like Hanky will say that oh maybe Brett should have been given a chance, but he won ten, nineteen, and eighteen games, so 
why would you fight for a guy like that? And it's just like, I, ignoring context and not like playing anything into it. It's just it just seems reactionary and stupid because it's not like Mike D'Antoni was having a lot of success the last decade or even in the three years between the Lakers job and b- being hired as a Sixers assistant. So, you know, I, yeah, I think I, it's, I, I think it'd be very sh- short term thinking to to just be like, all right, well, he's going to leave. So we need we need him. You know, he was around. Nobody wanted him like he's fine. He's a fine. Yeah. He's one of the 30 uh, fine coaches you could get. I would say unless that that they unless they know unless they know something about him that we don't know. You know, unless Is this Brett he, or D'Antoni? No, Brett. I, I unless they have seen I, I I would not defend them firing him. I would be and I think I actually think the reaction would be more negative than you're perceiving. I think it would I think Brett Brown, though there would be some people saying what you're saying, has become a very sympathetic figure in this. And people who were very anti-Hinky ended up very pro-Brown because it looked like Hinky was was disingenuous to Brown with the MCW trade and so on, and didn't take his and didn't care about him and and so on and so forth. So I think I think the reaction would be exceedingly negative if they fired Brown, at least locally. So see, I don't agree. But, I think I think it would just be like, oh, that's a shame. All right. I think that'd be it. I don't think people give a fuck anymore. I don't think people uh, care. We'll see. Well, we won't. I, I, I don't think. Well, let's have this conversation if they fire him, but I don't think they're going to fire him. So. I would. I very much want Mike D'Antoni to get a job somewhere else because I don't want that like looming over Brett's head the whole season. Right. And I think he, if he wants one, I think it'll be there for him. You know, he's, you know, it's, it's funny. There are so many, as easy as it is to find an average coach, when you look at the Billy Donovan hire, which looks like a disaster, the uh, you got to give guys time. You got to the Fred you Hoiberg, give, especially coaches. You got to. You mean not that this is the same thing, but give I, him time. Why? Brad Stevens didn't need any time. That that guy didn't look like a buffoon from like Billy Donovan. Well, first, I don't think those pieces fit at all, and I've said that before. But I don't know. There's enough talent on Chicago and Oklahoma City to not look like you don't know what you're doing. It's I, I, Oklahoma City's, you know, he's not, he didn't fail. They, they're like the third or fourth best team in the league in the West. So it's not like it's, he failed. It's, to, it's, you know, you take time to get, to get acclimated and to, to figure out NBA systems and to, you know, you look at a team like, not that this is anything, but there's, there's something to be said for continuity in, in a coach and in some players. And that's the thing, like, it's not going to come together right away. I mean, you look at the like the LeBron's Miami teams, like they looked like shit for half the season, and then put it together, and you know, talented talent's gonna win out. But like, it takes time for people to gel and for coaches to get settled. Not not that I'm saying Billy Donovan's a great coach, he was at Florida, or at least a great recruiter. But I I just don't think I think we live in a world where like everything is so immediate and so reactionary, and I think if you if you hire a guy who you believe in, you should believe in him after more than just one season. Unless, you know, there's behind the scenes stuff or whatever. But I think I think right. it just it generally if you believe if you hire someone to, to run your team, you should have a little bit of patience and not just be like, oh, well, let's go find the next guy. It's just short it's short sighted and it's why like, you know, the Sixers ended up with so many mediocre pieces around Iverson because they were like, Okay, this isn't working, let's go get this guy and it's just like right. nothing. Right, but the the all I would say to that is they didn't hire Brett Brown. 
Brian Colangelo didn't hire Brett Brown. Right, right, right. And and he hasn't only been here one year; he's been here three years. No, so, I wasn't talking. And- I wasn't talking about that for regarding okay, Brett. I okay. was talking about that regarding Donovan or whatever. But I just think that there's there's a bunch of guys that are just that know the X's and O's of basketball that generally know how to play the game, play the system to work in their favor. And sometimes the players don't get along. I mean, JB Bickerstaff seems like he's a good dude who knows what he's doing, but nobody can corral that Houston team. I, I would imagine, I mean, George Carl in his own way in over various years has been a good coach, but if you're, if you've got a fucked up situation like Sacramento or whatever, then you're going to fail. Like it's just, it's so much more about the players in your team than the coach. The coach's job should be to like maximize everybody's effort and, and, get them to like not kill each other until that they're a decent team or like an actual contender. Then it's like, okay, your roster, your rotations matter and the style of play you're playing matters and the way that you're, you know, dealing with the media matters until then, until you're one of the top five teams in the league, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you're, you're irrelevant. You're just spinning in a wheel. Mm, I agree. And I disagree. All right. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I agree mostly that there's 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 five I believe this with coaches and with personnel with GMs there's five great ones five horrible ones everybody else is in the middle That's what I'm saying. I do but but within that middle I think there's a lot that can be done or a lot that you can judge okay maybe it doesn't matter on the grand scale yeah you know on the big scale that's what but, that's but, what I'm saying right but I think there is minutia I think you can like. J.B. Bickerstaff could have been anybody, and he would not have succeeded there. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also look at what J.B. Bickerstaff did in terms of actual coaching and actual decisions and also determine whether somebody would be better at it than him. But you're right. There is no one that could have gone in there and saved that situation. The whole thing, I, I the whole thing that we've been talking about forever, you know, because I've been wanting the Sixers – I wanted the Sixers to rebuild one in like 2008. Or actually, no, I was excited about Elton Brand in 2008. Okay, but 2010. I was ready for total rebuild after the Eddie Jordan year, whatever. It was always, so what? It was always, we're, we're doing this to what end? What is the plan? What's the point? So if it's like, if the coach that, you know, say you're a 33-win team, and like you're like, I'm not happy with this coach. I want to get a better one. So he can get you to what, 37? Like, what's the, it doesn't matter. That doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. And so for me, it's like, let's just ride this out unless Brett's a bad guy or like sour about stuff and the, and the culture is bad, I would say just like, let's ride this out. And like, and if, and, until you get to a point where you're the thunder and you're like, Hey, we have really good talent and we should be contending. And our coach is keeping us back from that. Then you, then you make a change, but to just do it at, at any time in the middle when people are generally happy with his demeanor, I think is, I think it's a it's a short-sighted, worthless move for the sake of making a move and feeling like you're like doing something and affecting change. Do you want to take some? Uh, we have a million Twitter let's questions. Do, it. do you want to run through them? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do these as quick as possible. We ne- I always say that we never do it. So, all right. This one is from uh, at Ron Hinky. <laughs> you can rename the team without restrictions. What do you rename the 76ers? Oh man. So the the Thunder. When they were getting named, almost yeah. almost became the Marshals, I believe. Oh my God! And that would have been pretty cool. I would rename them the Process. Yeah, the Philadelphia Process would be tough. 
Yeah, I like I like the names that are not plural. Norse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the uh, who's the mascot of the process? Like, if not not like a hinky head or whatever, but like what sort of like animal or shape? Which... Twitter egg. It's just a Twitter egg. <laughs> we've had we've had many moments on this podcast when i thought to myself oh this is why people like it it's not from the analysis it's moments like that sure. so all right uh from nate jones on twitter uh, oh he's the guy that wrote uh the thing in vulture right nate yeah at kn8 mm-hmm. yeah oh boy i don't know that we have time to do this but rank the 11 different lottery outcomes from best to worst okay i would say i would say clearly the the four. two best four is the worst four is the worst four only is the worst the better uh so one and four is the best right yeah i mean the there is the discussion of and i think you sort of hold off to make sure people don't leave people don't like i don't know when the date to to not come back for the to college is but whenever that is you see but like there is a there is an argument to be made and derek's been making it for much of the year that You'd rather the pick not convey, because next, yeah, I'm next not year's playing draft that game, is that. Actually. Yeah, I yeah. would rather to convey because you never know what next year's draft's going to be like. Yeah. You never know anything. The Lakers seem like you know they're probably going to get a Demar Derozan type to be um, or to they, be like mostly better, or maybe they trade for Paul George. You know yeah. that that rumor's out there. And then I don't you know I I don't care what draft it is. I'd rather have the fourth pick than the. 12th pick I, I really there you you would be hard I know you could go into history yeah, and yeah. find better 12 picks than fourth but I still want fourth rather than 12 yeah so. so I would uh and and I like a lot of those guys and I really I think that there's some real difference makers uh in that area so I I would want one and four but I I, I wouldn't be like crazy upset if it didn't convey I would just be like you know a little bit let down because we've been we've been just waiting for a lot of stuff and <laughs> So, so I would say the second best one is number one only, and not two and four, right? Um, you know, I, I really, it one and two is such a toss up to me between Simmons and Ingram that I would probably rather have two and four than just one. Really? Yeah, with, I'm, with, I, with, I'm, I'm with, waiting until after the lottery, but I've actually made my decision on Simmons and Ingram, and I'll, I'll tease that for after the lottery. But I've made my final decision. Have you watched them play? No, I've well, I watched plenty of YouTube. I like. I thought I got you don't watch start- YouTube until after the lottery. So until when after the lot, like I feel like I'm going to need to know my decision on that one. That makes so sense. So for about 25 minutes, I decide. I need. That's one that I need to know. The other ones. Oh, there's one other guy that I decided that I liked, and that's. And you'll have plenty of time to talk me out of him. Is not for the one or the four, but uh, Valentine on Michigan State. I decided I really like. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, a he's a a, a uh, he could be like a role player all star kind of deal. Yeah, he's, he's people uh, like him a lot. People went sour on him for a little bit, but I mean, he's old. He's super old, but uh, yeah, that's okay. He's still, you know, four year senior. This is the name of the game this year is four year seniors. So you would say the second best one is two and four, and I would say the second best one is one only. Okay, is that where we are? On that? Yeah, and and then the next uh, number four would be two only. Yeah. Okay, and then three and four? Yeah. And then three only? Sure, I mean, two and four would be yeah. fine, whatever, anything. Yeah. All yeah. of it. Okay, all right. Uh, so that, that gives you the gist, Nate. I hope that was enough to <laughs> speed through these. That was a lot. I, I, I thank you for the link back, but that was a lot for... Okay, uh, James D. Kirkwood asked, 
Does the does Okafor and the fourth pick move to number two? I'm kind of talking myself into Simmons and Ingram. I do not think the fourth pick and Okafor gets you to two. I don't. I mean, it, dep- it depends who has who it, has everything. Two. I yeah. think um, I was thinking about it, and there is the sense of the lake the Lakers not wanting to keep their pick. It they want to yeah. trade it for a veteran or whatever. Um, which initially I sort of uh, sneer at and laugh at a little bit, but I get it I get in it. another sense yeah. because they do have D'Angelo and Russell and depending on what they do with uh, Clarkson. Clarkson and I, I like yeah. Larry Nance, but um, to trade it just to trade it would be funny if they trade it, if they're like, we're going to trade it and then they get like, you know, Wes Matthews for it or something. Yeah. Um, but I, I would trade, say we, say we get one and four. I would certainly trade one and Okafer for Paul George. Like, I would do that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, because the whole point of having a top draft pick is to get a player. Like yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's that's certainly what it comes down to. Yeah. So, uh, it, so it depends if who, Okafer gets you there. But I, I would like them to use Okafer and a pick as a sweetener to, like, get premier top flight talent. From Steve Holt, who on the current six? Just pick one guy. Who on the current Sixers roster would you be most upset not being with the team next season? Joe Embiid. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Isaiah Cannon. No, From, stop it! Come on, uh, don't uh, do this. Well, but 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 here's the thing: Embiid, even if he is hurt, will be on the roster. Yeah, I I agree. Okay. I'm just saying I would be very upset if he's not on the roster next year. That is the that is the guy that I'd be if they if they if they add him as like a sweetener to something, then I'd be very upset. Yeah, I I would agree. I I actually would agree. Outside of Embiid, I would pick Nerlens. But but yes, I would agree. I'd probably pick like a like Jeremy Grant. From ah, TJ, uh, TJ, 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 TJ. From Hoops Critic Critic. Uh, uh this isn't I can't do this one yet. How do we feel and I feel like this one's for me. So, how do we feel about Jamal Murray's YouTube versus Chris Dunn's YouTube? So, I won't do that yet. Um went from uh Jalcom Mankins when and where do you think Sam Hinkie gets a job? I think he'll have a job next year. I don't think he – I think he will be maybe similar to the job he had in Houston, I think. Uh, I'm interested. He's been obviously radio silent. Um, I wonder what his life is like if he's just sitting around watching NBA playoffs and like hanging out with his kids. That It's a nice picture I have of him. Um, and I would, he's welcome to hang out with us anytime. I will, I worry about him. I hope, I hope that he's, I hope that he goes to Minnesota. That'd be cool. Uh, him going to the Lakers would be funny. Like any, any team where you're just like, cause it's, that's the thing is like, people are going to be like, Oh fuck. He's going to help them a lot. Like no matter where he goes. Can I tell you, this is not how we speed through Twitter questions. All right. When and where do you think he will be somewhere? Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're just talking. I know, but I'm trying. We have like 40 questions. So I'm just trying to get you to answer the question. That's all I want you to do on this. I I appreciate you doing a think on it. I really do. I love you to death. But I want you to answer me. When and where do you think he gets a job? I'm going to say Lakers next season. (laughs) That'd be awesome. From AVJ1083, this is a good question. With the Colangelos and Harris in charge, what is the new definition of the most Sixers thing or player? 
Like, what does that so Sixers mean with the new? Hmm. Um. Wow. I I don't know I, yet. I think it's. Um... Is it maxing Demar Derozan? Yeah, it might be. No, because I think I think it's uh, two second round picks for Ishmith. I think that is the new. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good choice. Uh, from Matthew Sweeney, what would be more upsetting, Hinky's uh, step down or Brett Brown's firing? Um, it's tough. Like, it's the... twofold. Like the like one so impacts the other. So I think the first one is the inciting incident. So it's it's Hinky's step down. Yeah, I, I would say the Brett Brown one would be sadder on some. Like would I would feel really horrible for him. You know, uh, from Major Healy, why is this organization so allergic to clearly defined power structures and straightforward job titles? Every organization seems to be. Uh, man, I'll tell you, like it certainly feels that way for the last five years here. Holy shit! I don't know. Yeah, I, that all goes back to to ownership. Well, I mean, to ownership. Yeah, from Will Tanzola. If the Sixers trade Okafor or Noel on draft night slash this summer, what kind of return are you hoping for them, respectively? I think you were just clear on that, right? You want it to be for someone established. Yeah, and like really a and like a pa- in like a package to either move up to the top of the draft. Like if they get just three, like I would trade Okafor and three for one or whatever, um, right. or or to get some superstar that's maybe not happy somewhere else. From Nathan Lawler, when is the Dion Waiters max coming? Mm. Ooh, I don't think that's coming. Dion, so Dion coming to Philly would would really shake me in a bunch of ways. Would, yeah, I know. And given your history with him, I think that would be. I think for all of us, it would be difficult, but for you, it would be the most. Difficult. It is funny that Evan Turner is so clearly better than Dion Waiters right now. Uh, right now, I I wonder what Dion Waiters would look like in Boston. That's all I'm saying. Oh God. From Brandon Lee Gowton, our, our favorite Bleeding Green Nation buddy, why haven't the Sixers signed G.J. Kinney yet? And that is disgraceful. He is he is very Sixers. He would be great as a gadget player. N- yes. NBA teams need more gadget players. Yes. From uh, another Brandon, Brandon Glecken, who are three realistic trade targets around the league you want on the Sixers? And, uh, this is too long a question. And what would a fair trade for them look like? Just pick one. I mean, Paul George, I think yeah. that I don't know what if Larry Bird's thinking like we've we've won as much as we can with him and we're going to start over. So if it's, you know, I would trade, I would I would go so far as to be like our top pick this year, Okafor, and like I would go Sarek also for for George. And what if they ask you for next year's top pick as well? Um, it depends if the Lakers pick conveys. Um, I would maybe protect it. You know, it'd be tough because we have the, the Kings pick swap, so I don't know how it would exactly work out. But I would do a lot to get Paul George to Philadelphia. If this is from uh, SEM3376, if the Lakers pick lands at two and doesn't convey, would you give LA their pick back plus Ja for this year's number two pick? Um... Sort of depends on where our pick ends it up, does. right? It does. It depends on where our pick ends up. I, and I don't think they would They would do, do it. That. Yeah. yeah. 
Does this is from from uh, Ed Easy? Does Simmons signing with Adidas rather than Nike make you want him more, less, or neither? I have no opinion about that kind of stuff at all. All, uh, all you. Yeah, yeah. I thought the story. Did you ever read the story about why Steph Curry took uh, went with Under Armour? Yeah, it was because Kent Bazemore like worked him. Well, yeah, and also in I guess in the presentation they had Steph Curry's like name wrong, and they used. Yeah. It was it was it was a really disrespectful, I guess, uh, sell job on him. Yeah. So, this is from Sid Vicious. I hope Jaleel beats the shit out of you this off season? Question <laughs> mark. That's not a question. <laughs> that's that's definitely not a question. I agree. Uh, yeah. From John Polio, who is your top? Oh, we've already done this. Your top realistic free agent acquisition. Well, who's number one for you? Um. You know, is is Durant's strengths guy still here? Uh, yes. There you go. From Zachary Lewis, is there any possible way we can package the Miami and o- this feels like it's for you the Miami and Oklahoma City picks to move up and draft Luau? Um, it depends. I think that Luau is going to end up being a, a lottery pick, and I think twenty four and twenty six you can move up to get to like seventeen, maybe. Um. So I I don't think that Luau was gonna end up dra- get going that high again. I would take Luau at four and and be very happy about it. This is from Michael Pfeffer. I don't understand this question. Maybe you do, Mike. Did we really get the good Targaryen? How much less fun would the draft be without Hinky's three hundred trades? So it's a Game of Thrones reference. Uh, okay. And. There's like a lot of banging going on outside my apartment. I don't know what it is. Um, That's all right. But yeah, I mean, it's, the idea is uh, Targaryens for centuries have been somewhat insane. I, I like it better as a Lannister reference because it's more present. So like Tyrion is the good Lannister and everybody else, at least at the beginning of the show, was uh, like an enemy. And so it was weird having like a good a good guy behind enemy lines. And so that that to us is Ned Cohen. So I think, yes, Lannister, it's a little bit murkier if it's Targaryen, but uh, I, li- I like the reference either way. From Dwayne Ed Wilson, what do you think of Austin Rivers? I think he stinks. Yeah, I don't want him anywhere near the Sixers. Yeah. From Nick Costello, would you trade the current Sixers roster, including picks, for any Eastern Conference team other than the Cavs? Does, does it include the front office? Or no? Uh, no, it is just assets. Okay. Well, I I would I would do it for. <sighs> hmm. It depends. The question is Boston, right? Um, I would do it for Boston, yeah. Because, you know, it all comes down to Embiid, so who knows? But, um, because yeah. of because Boston having Brooklyn's picks. Um. Well, well, you wouldn't do it for Washington. For Beal and Wall, they just—they feel like they're just playing out the string. I want them to just trade Wall and start over, but who knows if that'll happen? Yeah. They have Scotty Brooks now. Um, who else? Milwaukee, maybe. Giannis, They'd probably do that. Um, uh, I wouldn't do it for Milwaukee, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I can understand why people would, but I would not. It depends, you know. I mean. It, it's all. It always comes back to this, and I think people don't have the conversation enough, or at least set the terms of the conversation 
of like what do we want what's the goal what's our end game because if it's competing then like you could say toronto or miami and it's like hey we're close we're we're right there but i don't think that there's many other teams in the east that have as easy of a path from the ground up to you know take Embiid and get a couple lottery picks this year and then be like oh we are on the way you know what i mean to like actually yeah. being a contender so if if you want to just be good then there's obviously so many teams that you could pick that are going to are good now and quicker than the sixers but i think at least you know in my stubborn head i'm still hoping that they're perennial contenders and hinky has set them up to be to make the moves to get there uh, legals, L-E-E-G-L-E-S, E-S, asked a ton of questions. I'll just pick three. Um, one, does Brett yell too much? No. I think no. Uh, two, can TJ dunk? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. And then, is it okay to burn down Xfinity Live if we get the fourth pick and the Lakers pick doesn't convey? No. No, you're not allowed to burn down Xfinity. You're not allowed to burn down Xfinity Live, but if a fire happens to start. No, no, just, no, just, no, just. no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I asked that guy, answered that guy already. Free agent targets, too much. Is the lottery party a success if we get uh, sent to prison for inciting a riot? <laughs> no. Not a success. No. No. Okay. This this is from Dan C. Be real. Doesn't Okafor look like a career 2010 player? No. How's he going to get 10, 10 rebounds? He's no. got to yeah, be a better yeah. rebounder. He's got to get the, re- the rebounding is honestly for me the most concerning thing. Yes. The I expected all the other stuff, and I he's better on offense than I thought he would be, face up. But the rebounding just doesn't make any sense. Why is he not not better? Um, let's see. Okay, couple more, and then we'll be done. Will Rebel, the real star of the podcast, be attending the lottery party? Uh, as I mentioned, he is asking for an appearance fee as currently, so we're, we're in negotiations. I just want to say I was repping my Nerlens bus trip t-shirt in Riviera Maya for our honeymoon. Got a lot of odd stares. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um... If Kevin Love is available for trade on draft night, would you trade for him, and what would you give up? I would trade for him. Yeah, actually. it depends. If you know, I think a Kevin Love, Joel Embiid front court is pretty vicious. Um, yeah. So, I would. I mean, I would do. You know, I would probably do Okafor, and like if we get the fourth pick, I would probably do that. I don't know if they would. Maybe more. I would do. I don't think. Yeah, that's well, the thing is that the Sixers, the Sixers aren't going to be trading with teams that are like trying to win now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Generally, it would have to be a three-team. Deal. Yeah. I would. I would put Nur- that. That like that seems like a that the it seems like the Cavs could use a Nerlens actually. Yeah. A, a athletic rim protector. Blah blah. Who blah, they blah, should blah, have drafted blah. in the first place. Yes. Uh, all right. Two more from. Uh, even though we're ignoring a bunch of them, but um, uh, two Embiid questions. What this is from Yikel Yetz. What would feel better, winning a championship or watching an Embiid play an entire season healthy? The the championship. They're the same thing. Yeah, that but would be ultimately answer. one impacts the other. Yeah, and then finally, what are the chances Embiid plays summer league now that Sam's out? I would say that they are slightly higher. Slightly higher, but I still think oh. probably not. Oh, and here's one more fun that I'll pick. 
Oh, well, two more. From Joey Mahan. Uh, can Ned Cohen please be our new god? Uh, we're hoping. So let's hope. Yeah. Oh, these, these are good ones. Um, what arbitrary percentage would you put on Jeremy Lin being the starting point guard next season? You love Lin. That's your guy. I love Lin. Yeah, I would put, uh, but I would say ten uh, percent. I don't. That's think the it's thing is, that, you know, I like I like him fine, but I think if you're gonna go sign like a veterany sort of point guard for that, like to just like anchor the team for like a, as like a stopgap, I would want a guy who's more pass first. And, and yeah, and who's more point guard and less comp. Yeah. yeah. Even though I do think Jeremy Lin is like Goran Dragic adjacent, like he seems like the same, like a sort of a worse version of the same guy, but you can win with Dragic as your point guard. So I love Lin. You can win. You can win ish. Win. You can win. Yeah. Well, Miami's pretty good. You know. Yeah, but that's not what we're. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And from final question from Dario Mikhailov. What corporate sponsor should the Sixers choose for their jersey patch? I think it's quite obvious. LL Pavorski. <laughs> yes. Hey, who are the Sixers going to send to the lottery? It's got to be Embiid. Do you think so, really? Send Embiid. Do it. I don't think so. No, I think it'll be like Iverson or some bullshit, but I think it should be Embiid. It's going to be it's just going to be Brian Colangelo. You think? Yeah, it's just going to be him. It's just going to be him. He, nah, he, li- he likes to wear a suit and smile. I think they'll PR the shit out of it and send Iverson. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Do you want a jigsaw? Sure. Play. I will play this game. Game we play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right, buddy. Here are your two choices. Choice number one, every day for the rest of your life, you get a bad paper cut on each of your hands, somewhere on your fingers, and you're conscious when it happens, like you know that it's about to happen and that it happens. Okay. Option B, when you urinate for the rest of your life, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most painful that you just can't take it anymore, it burns an 8.7 for the rest of your life when you pee. What does that mean? It, it, it really hurts. What's an 8.7? What's so a 10 would be you cannot deal with it. Sure. Like you are in the ER every day. So that's where it so is. So it's, it's every, everyday paper cuts versus everyday burning pee. Yeah. I got to go paper cuts. Yeah. You got to go paper cuts. I'm so horrified by paper cuts. Really? I don't even know. Yeah, and I've had a burning pee problem before. Everything was fine. But um, I, I would... I think I'd probably take the burning pee. You'd go, you'd go pee over paper cuts. Uh, paper cuts make, like, just talking about it right now makes me nauseous. It's just like a small, I would do it if it was like a small, like, incision over the pee. Oh, my God. You don't like needles and stuff. No, I'm fine with um, needles, but I, I'm just, um, paper cuts are bad. Burning, burning bad pee is really, an 8.7, like, if it was like a 4 then maybe we'll talk. But like an 8.7 is like every time I pee, I'm like punching the wall trying to get past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear no, you. I can't I hear, do that. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Ow. Like you get I'm to the sorry. point where you're scared of peeing. Yeah, I don't want to. You know be, what I mean? Like you don't, don't want to pee and then it. That gives me a complex. All I start right. To like uh, get your, my penis. Get, get your, your parking ticket for the lottery party. Get your t shirt by the 10th. 
Uh, become a fan of the Liberty Ballers on the basketball tournament. John Salmons uh, is on the team. John Salmons is a sixer with coach uh, and GM Jake Pavorsky. And, uh, and this has been the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers at 707 Walnut, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Still, yes. You know, like this. Like I said, won't you head so